Hi, and welcome to Northampton Bible Church's podcast. We are glad that you're here today. If you'd like to learn more about Northampton Bible Church, you can check us out at nbchurchcf.org. You can also interact with us on social media at nbchurchcf. And now, here's today's message. As you can see from your prayer bulletin, insert, you have the word five dimensions, two words, five dimensions. And we're used to thinking in dimensions. In fact, we need dimensions to think with. Uh, I know that we, uh, you know, in our culture, uh, in our language, the word dimension takes on several different meanings. Uh, the basic meaning is a measurement. Uh, it's a measurement of whatever. If you're looking at things mathematically, um, you have an X dimension, a Y dimension, and a Z dimension, three dimensions normally. And you know, when God created his creation, in which we all live and, and of whom we are a part, we are, cremated, we are created as three-dimensional beings in a three-dimensional world. Uh, but there's a, two other dimensions that are very important for us to understand and talk about. Uh, you know, when we built this church, uh, uh, as you see it now in three dimensions, it has a west wing and east wing and the center part in which we're sitting. Uh, it was built in three different stages over several different years. And there is a time at which none of these structures existed. So that kind of talks about our fourth dimension. When something exists, it exists in time, not only in time, but in space. But there's another dimension yet, and that's a dimension beyond time, beyond space, in which God lives. So uh, let's uh, talk about the physical creation as a box. And uh, we are going to be looking this morning and thinking this morning outside the box. Um, first of all, we're going to um, look at uh, uh, the creation as one box. The box around that is time. And the Bible talks about those things. Uh, and um, uh, we uh, live in those things and we experience them. And so we're very used to them. But uh, when God, the Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The heavens and the earth exist in uh, space in three dimensions, but they also get exist in time. It says, in the beginning, important words. You know, there's going to be a time when there, all this comes to an end. There's going to be a time when the earth no longer exists. The heavens no longer exist uh, as, uh, as uh, let me see if I can find my notes. I had a scripture that I wanted to read to you. In Hebrews chapter 1, 
which is quoting from Psalm 102, Hebrews chapter 1, verses 10 through 12. You, Lord, laid the foundation of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain, and they will all wear out like a garment, like a robe. You will roll them up like a garment. They will be changed, but you are the same, and your years will have no end. There was a time when there was no creation. There wasn't any three-dimensional objects. There was no time. Before that, God existed. Scriptures bear that witness. I just read you one. In the beginning, God created. God was already there in the beginning, before it was a beginning. Uh, and that's important for us to know. And as, as a matter of fact, in this 40 days of prayer, what we've been doing is learning about the various dimensions of God. For example, in the, uh, we've learned that God is love. God loves us. He loves you. And sometimes we don't appreciate his love because the Bible says, whom he loves, he disciplines. And we need that, don't we? Maybe I should just speak for myself. I need it. And God knows I need it. And not only that, but he knows you need it. God is love. And he, sh- he shows his love in many ways. We know that uh, the, the Bible says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believes in him would have life. Before time was, God existed. Think about the uh, three boxes. Um, and inside the first box, the universe. And that kind of blows your mind because, you know, if you look at the Hubble telescope pictures, you see that there are, uh, we are part, one of, the, uh, one of the 300 billion stars in the Milky Way galaxy is our sun. The nearest uh, galaxy to us has one trillion stars, many of which are bigger than ours. In the universe, the known universe, I should say, there are hundreds of billions of galaxies. That blows your mind to, to realize what the creation... That's the first box. And then <clears throat> there's another box in which the first box fits. And the second box is time. They all exist in time. Because it says in the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. And then it says he's going to roll them up like a scroll. The element, Peter wrote this, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief when the heavens will pass away with a roar and the heavenly bodies will be burned up and dissolved and the earth and the works that are done in it will be exposed. There's going to come a time when there is no more three dimensions. Not only that, but time will disappear. But in all that, there is a fifth box, or a fourth box, I should say, a box around time. A time and, and, you know, the creation itself, the three-dimensional creation, we ex- exist within the box of time, but w- the box of time exists within the kingdom of God. It has no dimensions. It's infinite. It has no beginning and no end. It has no top or bottom. It has no front or back. It's infinite. 
We can't think like that. We're used to thinking in terms of beginning. Like, who, who, who made God? How did he get here? We can't handle the questions like that. Those are questions that belong to the fifth dimension. God is a five-dimensional God. And as we've studied in this 30 days, 40 days of prayer uh, study, uh, prayer uh, is, is uh, uh, needed. Uh, in prayer, we need to know who we're praying to. We need to know God. We need to know what he said, what he's promised. Because the Bible says, if you pray according to his will, he'll do it. So we need to know what his will is, don't we? We need to know what he will do and what kind of prayers he will answer. What, kind of, uh, what can we expect? We need to know the dimensions of God. We have a five-dimensional God. We are on a planet that exists within time. And time ex- exists within the fifth dimension, which is God. The fifth dimension is an infant dimension. Okay. God wants us, he wants you and he wants me, to know about these dimensions. He wants us to understand who he is so that we can know him. And you know what the Bible says about eternal life? Eternal life is, know, is this. It's knowing God and Jesus Christ whom he sent. That's what eternal life is. And knowing God takes on a new dimension, if I can use the word. Uh, <clears throat> the thing of it is, we need to understand that God is a multidimensional God. Uh, God exists in a fifth dimension, which is over everything. It's infinite. Within that is the, dimension of, is the box of time. God exists in time. Within that is the creation. God exists in the creation. And you see, the creation is in time, and time is in eternity. And God exists in in all those places at the same time. So God is not only a God that is omnipresent. He's everywhere at once. He's also a God who is every when at once. And that's important to know in our prayer life. And God wants us to know him And he wants us to know about his plan for us. Let's take a look at this in Ephesians. For this reason, I, that's uh, the Apostle Paul is writing this. uh, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory... He may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. In that passage, there is all five dimensions. Uh, the love of Christ being the fifth dimension, which permeates the other two dimensions, time and space. Um, uh, 
God uses uh, the dimensions which he's created to speak to us, to communicate who he is to us. And we need to know that in order to pray accurately, in order to have fellowship with him. And so let's see. Uh, uh, we see. We see it in God's creation. Um, if you would take your bulletins, your, your, your study guides. Under point one, we see it in God's creation. And here's a quote from Romans 1.20. A lot of people wonder about, what about the person who never heard? Are they, are they still going to hell? Uh, they want to know. Are they, are they, can't they go to heaven? Uh, this, uh, don't trouble ourselves with that. God revealed himself uh, to them and to us, and here's how he does it. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power, and divine nature have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world and things that have been made so that they are without excuse. Well, how does he do that? Let's take a look at Psalm 19. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Day to day pours out speech, and night to night reveals knowledge. There is no speech, nor there are words whose voice is not heard. We see God revealed in his creation. Job wrote uh, this. Can you find out? Can you find out the deep things of God? Can you find out the limit of the Almighty? It is higher than the heaven. What can you do? Deeper than Sheol. What can you know? It is, its measure is longer than the earth and broader than the sea. God exists in time. He exists in his creation. And he exists in eternity. And we need to know that in order to pray accurately. Secondly, we see it in the incarnation. As it says here, uh, in your uh, study guide, and the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. Referring back to John 1 1, many of you have memorized that. In the beginning was, was the Word, and the Word, uh, uh, and the Word was God. That's the Word that became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen His glory. Glory of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. John goes on to say we have partaken of that, of his fullness. We share, he's allowed us to share in his nature, but more about that later. He reveals himself through through the incarnation, and we know that God wants to incarnate his word in us as well. Isn't that the new covenant? The new covenant says, I will write my laws on their minds and engrave them on their hearts, and everyone will know me from the least to the greatest. God wants us to know him. He wants us to know the breadth, the width, the height, and the depth, and the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge. He wants to share his nature with us in all five dimensions.
The scriptures say Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. The word has always, has always existed. And the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. He goes into, he, in Revelation chapter 1, verse 4, he says, Grace to you and peace from him, from him who is and who was and who is to come, and from the seven spirits are before, who are before his throne. Um, grace is all that God wants to put in us. Grace is all he put in Jesus Christ. Uh, as we saw in John 1.14, the word became flesh and it was full of grace and truth. Grace is what God, the Father, wrote in Jesus' heart. And he wants to write the same thing in our hearts. And he's in the process of doing that. And one of the ways, one of the ways he does that is through prayer. Uh, we see it... <clears throat> And how the Holy Spirit moves. Nicodemus came to Jesus and said, I don't understand what's going on, but you've got to be from God. You can't, you, you can't do these things you're, you're doing and not have something going for you that's supernatural. Uh, he didn't say all those words, but you get the idea when you read the passage in John 3. Nicodemus was conf confused. And... Uh, uh, Jesus told him he had to be born again, born of the Spirit. Uh, and uh, Nicodemus didn't understand because Jesus was talking about properties that belong to the fifth dimension. One thing about knowing God, if you aren't born again, you're not going to be able to perceive the fifth dimension. You're not going to be able to understand spiritual things. You must be born again. Uh, step one is being born again. Step two is to enter in the kingdom of God. And to do that, you have to grow spiritually. <clears throat> he was trying, he, Jesus was explaining to Nicodemus uh, using human, um, uh, a human metaphor. Uh, the wind blows where it wishes and you hear it sound, but you do not know where it comes from or where it goes. So it is with everyone who is born of the Spirit. In other words, you can see and hear what the wind does, but you can't see the wind. Someone who has the Spirit of God knows it, but nobody else can see it. But the person who has the Spirit of God knows it and motivates him to do different things. Um, Job wrote, who does great things beyond searching out and marvelous things, Beyond number, behold, he passes by me, and I see him not. He moves on, but I do not perceive him. And oftentimes God works that way. He's there, he's with us all the time. Which brings us to our next point. Because God is multidimensional, I am never alone. In Psalm 139, verses 7 through 12, the writer writes, Where shall I go from your spirit? Is there, any, uh, is there a, 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 a dimension in which I could flee that you aren't present already? And of course the answer is no. God exists in that fifth dimension 
which incorporates the other two dimensions, time. God exists everywhere in time. He exists every when. He, he exists in everything that is ba- has been made, everywhere. So God, you can't go anywhere and not have God present with you. Even if you die. I shouldn't say if. It's, a, it's, a, it's only a matter of when, right? If I make my bed in Sheol, you are there. If I take the winds of the morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me, and your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall cover me, and the light about me be night, even as darkness is not dark to you, the night is bright as the day, for darkness is as light with you. You might say that God has night glasses, night goggles. But the thing of it is, to God, nothing is hidden. Nothing can be hidden. He exists everywhere and every when. He's in everything. Uh, theologians say that God is imminent. Imminent means he's right here. Uh, they say he is transcendent. That means he's over everything. He's both imminent and transcendent. That's a thing we need to know about God in order to uh, frame our prayers correctly. We need to know that there's a fifth dimension, a supernatural dimension. And that, that, in that dimension, prayers are heard and answered. So, on the next page of your study guide, um, it, it's, it has the, uh, the comment, how to pray in five dimensions. As I pray, um, I look backward to the cross. Now, the, we are going to be praying here. All these points are actually existing in five dimensions. There was a historical time in which Jesus was crucified and raised from the dead and given a name that's above every name. There is a historical time in which Jesus explained to us the gospel that he who, who, who uh, uh, wishes to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. There is a historical time in which God uh, moved um, and uh, uh, to those who tried to keep the law, you know, the Ten Commandments, uh, uh, and we couldn't do it because of our, the weakness of our flesh. Uh, and in Romans 8, 3, it says, For God has done what the law, weakened by the flesh, could not do, by sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin he condemned sin in the flesh. Jesus Christ was sinless. And the point is, if God condemned sinless flesh, how much more sinful flesh? And it's teaching us that it's not the flesh that pleases God, it's the Spirit, which He supplies. God supplies the faith. He gives us an obligation on how to access that faith, but He supplies it, make no mistake, and He supplies the Spirit that goes with it. He is the one who writes on our hearts and on our minds. 
And that's what we want. We want to be transformed into the likeness of his son. We look backward to the cross. And if you call, <coughs> excuse me, And if you call on him as father, who judges impartially according to each one's deeds, conduct yourselves with fear toward the t- throughout the time of your exile. I like the way that puts it. Uh, it. It kind of emphasizes the fact that we aren't home here in this, in this dimension. We have a fifth dimension, which is our home. Our home is eternal. Peter wrote earlier in this chapter that we have an inheritance reserved for us in heaven, ready to be revealed in the last time. And the last time is when Christ is revealed in us. We are exiled right now as we grow from the kingdom of God. But it doesn't have to stay that way in time or in eternity. God is inviting us into his kingdom now. We are being called out of darkness, the darkness of this world in which the world sees as light. It's light in here, but it's also dark in here for some, some who don't see the fifth dimension. (coughs) Knowing that you were were ransomed from your futile ways inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but with the precious blood of, Jesus, of Christ, like that of a lamb without blemish or spot. And you know, people in the, in the, in the time that this was written understood that better than we do. Because in those days, you worship God. When you worship God, you brought a lamb, especially on uh, uh, the Passover. Uh, you, had, you, you slaughtered the lamb and painted the blood on the, on the lentil on, on, on the doorstep. It, stat- it stood for the death of the lamb. <clears throat> <clears throat> Jesus gave his physical life to demonstrate to us the depth of his faith. Uh, he de- to demonstrate to us that he who loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. And sure enough, on the third day, God did raise him from the dead, just like Jesus had prophesied and taught and believed. Jesus invites us to join him in that journey. The cross reminds me how much God loves me. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him would not perish, but have everlasting life. How useless my own efforts to gain heaven are. If God sacrificed his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh, who is perfect, how much more our flesh is, is, is uh, imperfect and worthless. Uh, it's the spirit that profits. The flesh profits nothing, the Bible says. Our own efforts are useless. And yet, people tried to manipulate us into doing their will, into giving, sending them money, 
Some of the TV preachers are just absolutely unbelievable. Uh, uh, words fail me to describe uh, how, how far off the mark that is. Uh, the cross also reminds me on how only faith in Jesus can save my soul from destruction. And let me say, I'd like to change that just a little bit and add to it, actually, how, faith, how the faith of Jesus, it's Jesus demonstrated faith when he went to the cross. He became obedient to the death, even the death on the cross. For that reason, he was given a name that's above every name, and at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee would bow and every tongue would confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. His name is to lay down your life. That's what the blood of Christ is all about. Okay, so we look backward to the cross. A point in time with eternal results. But that, the cross actually originated in the fifth dimension. It's a spiritual, it was a spiritual act. It was an act of faith. It's because of what God, the eternal God, wrote on the soul of Jesus Christ. As he said, uh, uh, this is the new covenant in my blood, as he shared it with his disciples at the Lord's Supper. Okay. I look upward to my, into my father's loving face. Um, take a look at this passage of scripture with me from uh, Romans chapter 8, which is uh, really uh, a high watermark in spirituality in the scriptures. Romans chapter 8 is on a wonderful chapter. Um, For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. Down below, you see, God wants my prayers to be personal. It's this, when we are in the spirit, when the spirit is controlling us, when we are, uh, when his spirit coalesces with our spirit, we have the spirit of adoption. And we look as, at God as our Father, even as Jesus did, even as Jesus showed us. In the Gospel of John, Jesus said many times, I don't do anything for myself. Whatever I do, I, it's something I've seen the Father doing. Whatever I say, it's something I've seen the Father saying. I've heard the Father saying, that's what I do. I do what God says. When we pray to God, we, call, we, we pray from the Spirit. <clears throat> if we are in the flesh, praying selfishly, God doesn't hear those prayers. God needs, we need to be filled with the Spirit in order to pray effectively, in order to pray personally. Uh, <clears throat> the Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God, and of children, then heirs, 
heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, provided we suffer with him in order that we may be glorified with him. Uh, as we look at that passage, uh, we just read, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. That's a cry. That's a, that is a <coughs> request of God from us. It's passionate. Our emotions are involved. We cry out. Some of my most effective prayers have been one word, and I bet yours have too. One of my most effective prayers is a one-word prayer. It's, called, it's, it's just the word, help. If I want to make it longer, God, help. I don't have to say that, though. He knows who I'm talking to. Passionate. Have you ever been there? You cry out for God? I know you have. We all have. We have a God who cares. Thirdly, by his spirit, talked a little about that, about that already, we're in partnership with him. Uh, and that heir, the heir of God and fellow heirs with Christ, uh, what he inherited, what Christ inherited was the name that's above every name. And what is that name? That is, uh, the image of God is his name. Uh, he has the name of God written on his heart, and the Father wrote it there. Uh, we are co-heirs with Christ. It says, if we suffer with him. And that has to do with our growth. As we grow spiritually, uh, God says, you're, you're not going to grow spiritually if you're comfortable in status quo. My friend Jim Edmondson used to say about that Latin phrase, status quo, Status quo is Latin for the mess we is in. You don't know Jim Edmondson? There's a, there came a time when they didn't know Pharaoh. Jim was a uh, uh, stalwart Christian in our church, influenced many lives. Uh, anyway, uh, 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 God is, will not allow us to remain in status quo. He loves us too much. Whom the Lord loves... He disciplines, and the word discipline means to train. He trains us, and he trains us not by making us comfortable. Don't say, I'm not comfortable doing this or that. God doesn't care about your comfort. He cares about your character. Doesn't, God doesn't care about your happiness. He cares about your holiness. He wants to conform you to the image of his son. In fact, the Bible says, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. I look inward to Jesus living inside of me. Paul, the apostle, wrote, Christ in you, the hope of glory. Did you know that God was, what God was doing in your life and in my life is making the image of his son imprinted on our hearts and our souls? He's making us spiritually like Jesus. The same compassion, the same love, the same humility, the same hope, the same power, 
the same love, and more. The joy that was in Jesus, we want to share. And, and he wants to share it with us. How do we know when that happens? Oh, we'll know when it happens. When Christ is being formed in us, we are changed. We are different. And if you haven't experienced uh, any change, maybe it's because you're not growing. And you need to find out how to grow spiritually. And then Pastor Joe or myself, uh, Pastor Nate, uh, other people in the church would be glad to sit down with you and talk about how to grow spiritually. Uh, I look inward to Jesus living inside me. And scripture says in 2 Corinthians 13, 4 and 5, For he was crucified in weakness, but he lives by the power of God. We also are weak in him, but in dealing with you, we will live by him by the power of God. Paul had just written in chapter 12 uh, that uh, he, he uh, boasted in weakness because uh, in his weakness, the power of God was perfected. He boasted about his weakness, therefore. He says, examine yourself to see whether you are in the faith. Test yourselves, or do you not realize about yourself that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless you fa indeed you fail to meet the test. Fourthly, I look around and ask the Holy Spirit to use me. <clears throat> Do not present your members to sin as instruments of, for unrighteousness, but present yourselves to God as those who are, have been brought from death to life and your members to God as instruments for righteousness. It's the Spirit that God puts in us uh, and writes His faith on our hearts. that God uses. And it is a gift of God, so we have to ask him for it. And therefore, uh, what, that's, that really informs our prayer life, doesn't it? Lastly, I look forward in faith to the future. Know that God is at work in you both to will and to do is good pleasure. Uh, know that in Philippians 1, 6, it says, For I am sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. That's a day in which Jesus is formed in your hearts. And you are changed. God wants you and me to be mature Christians. He wants us to be spiritually self-sustaining. He does not want us to be driven around blown about by every wind of doctrine and the cunning and deceit of men who want to exploit us for their own purposes. God wants us to be his children and he wants us to pray to him accurately. He wants us to know him intimately. He wants to live inside of us we have an amazing inheritance. We are co-heirs with Christ. And what he inherited is also our inheritance. 
Therefore, the scripture says, be careful that no one falls short of the grace of God. Let's have a word of prayer.